Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. These programs are based on the ministry of Witness Lee and his 21-year crowning work, The Life Study of the Bible, which focuses on the enjoyment of Christ as the divine life as revealed in the Bible. We hope that through these studies you'll be brought into a deeper enjoyment of the Scriptures and of our dear and precious Lord Jesus. You can contact us by sending email to radio at lsm.org or reach us toll-free, 888-LIFE-STUDY. Now, let's join today's program. We can draw water from the wells of salvation, and we can be saved day by day in his life. The Bible is a book of life. The Gospel of John reveals Christ as life to us. But Romans brings us fully into the experience of this life. That's the message of today's Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee. And Ed Marks has joined us again today for another investigation of Romans chapters 5 through 8. Ed, it's nice to have you back. Well, it's good to be back for this wonderful Life Study on the book of Romans. Ed, this is easily one of the most important portions of the Bible for our Christian life. What is the marvelous relationship that we're going to see between the Gospel of John and the book of Romans? Well, John shows us that Christ as life meets the need of every man's case. Whatever our case is, uh, whatever kind of need we have, whatever kind of condition or situation we're in, Christ as life meets our need. But John doesn't show us in particular the way we can experience Christ as life. And this is why the book of Romans is so excellent. And I'm so thankful that all of us can listen to this life study of Romans because what Romans shows us is the way to experience the divine life. Uh, just as an example, John 15 tells us we need to abide in Christ. Well, when you come to Romans 8, you see the way to abide in Christ. And as you'll hear on this broadcast, Brother Lee will show us that the way we abide in Christ is by setting our mind on the Spirit and setting our whole being on the Spirit. So I think our listeners will really enjoy this broadcast today and will find more of the way to experience Christ as the divine life. Let's get to Witness Lee sharing it in this very important life study. The divine revelation in the Holy Word is all the way progressive. What is there in the Gospel of John is wonderful. But John is not the ultimate. The whole book of John is a book on life. But what you have in this book of John is just the sprouts, not the growth of the sprouts. The growth is mainly in the book of Romans. As we have pointed out in John chapter 15, the Lord did tell us clearly that we have to abide in Him. But just by that, chapter 15 of John, we couldn't understand how to abide in Jesus. 
God is the way for us to abide in Him. John 15 doesn't tell us about this. But when we come to Romans, especially chapter 8 of Romans, my, we can see Christ today is the Spirit of life. And Christ as the Spirit of life today is right within us and in our spirit. To abide in Him is just to set our being and the Spirit. So we get life. You see, you need Romans chapter 8 to help you to realize John 15. In this book of Romans, you have life clearly unveiled in a way that you can not only know it, but also experience it. This book of Romans starts in chapter 1 with the matter of God's salvation by justification out of faith. God's salvation is by justification out of faith. All Christians have seen this, I would say. But we all missed the ultimate point in chapter 1. The ultimate point in chapter 1 is not the power of God's salvation. Neither God's salvation by justification. Neither faith out of which justification is unveiled. What is the ultimate point in chapter 1? Life. Why God saved us by justification? Justification is for life. God saved us and justified us that we may have life. Justification results in life. God's purpose to have you justified is just to let you to enjoy his life. They just shall have life and life. So justification is of life. It's really go. Yeah, there is a marvelous progression in the Bible. We've seen that the matter of the divine life was clearly revealed in John, but now the way to experience that life is a point of focus in Romans. We had this phrase from chapter 5, verse 18, justification of life. Yeah, justification seems like an inanimate thing, a academic thing almost. How does it become a matter of life? Chris, this is a good question, and and what I would like to do is to read a note, a footnote from the recovery version of the New Testament. This recovery version is excellent. Uh, All the notes in it on the text were written by Brother Witness Lee, and I would encourage the listeners, this is an excellent study Bible that opens up the intrinsic significance of the Holy Word. Let me just read this note from the recovery version on justification of life. This note says, Life is the goal of God's salvation. 
Thus, justification is of life. Justification is not an end in itself. It is for life. Through justification, we have come up to the standard of God's righteousness and correspond with it, so that now he can impart his life to us. Justification changes our outward position. Life changes our inward disposition. Justification unto life indicates that life is the focus of this chapter and that the organic union of life is an issue of justification. So we see from this marvelous note on this verse that life is the goal of God's salvation. And I would just like to use a simple illustration. Let's use the illustration of a Coke bottle. A Coke bottle in a garbage heap. It's all dirty. It's filled with dirt. Well, what that Coke bottle needs firstly is to come out of the garbage heap, and it needs to be cleansed. It needs to be washed. It needs to be fully cleaned and purified, right? Well, when we received the Lord as our Savior, he, he washed us in his blood and cleansed us in his blood from all the dirt and impurities in our being, and we were justified by him. That means we were approved by God according to his standard of righteousness. But the purpose of that Coke bottle is not just to be a clean Coke bottle. The purpose of that Coke bottle is to contain Coke. When the same way our purpose as vessels of God isn't just to be clean vessels, it's to be filled with God as the heavenly Coca-Cola, which is God in Christ as life. So what this shows us is that when we're cleansed and cleaned, the purpose is so that Christ would come into us and fill us with his life. This fulfills his word in John 10, where he said, I came that you might have life and might have it more abundantly. So day by day, we need to open to receive Christ and experience Christ as life more and more so that we can be filled to the brim and overflowing with him as our life. Let's go back to Witness Lee. We all need to experience the life of Christ. And the life of Christ is just Christ himself living within us. And this life shall save us, not from the hell, not from God's judgment, to save us from the hell, to save us from God's eternal judgment. That was by the death of Christ. We got saved through the death of Christ from God's judgment once for all. But now we still need more saving. From what? Uh From what? The book of Romans in chapter 5 says, much more we shall be saved in his life. Just in chapter 5, Paul doesn't tell us. Saved from what? But in the following chapters, in chapter 6, 7, through chapter 16, in all these following 11 chapters, gradually, bit by bit, Paul, in his writings, unveils to us all the things from which we need to be saved in the life of Christ. I've been a Christian over 50 years. The most exciting thing has ever been to me is just temper. 
You hate it, don't you? Don't you hate? You need to be saved from that. Do you know all your self-pride, all your temper, all your little bugs, all these little things are just included in this one big item? Are covered. All these are covered under the law of sin. Why you cannot read off your temper? Because your temper is something belonging to the law of sin. There is a law. There is a law all the time for you to be proud, all the time for you to lose your temper, all the time for you to be jealous. No need for you to pray, Lord, help me to lose my temper. <laughs> you just lose your temper. Who taught you to do that? That was a law. A law within you. There is a law within me, which is called the law of sin. Not only of sin, but also of death. Law of sin and death. And who can defeat this principle of sin, this love of sin? No one. But in Romans 8, 2, you do have a special term, the law of the spirit of life. Not only the law, neither only the law of the spirit, but the law of of the spirit of life. Amen. And this spirit of life, I tell you, has a law. Because with every life, there is a law. The law of the dog life is to bark. The law of the cat's life is to catch mice. And the law of the apple life is to produce apples. With every life, there is a law. Your fallen life has a law. What's that law? The law of sin and death. Hallelujah. We have a saving life. We have the eternal life, the divine life, the very life which is God himself. Amen. And this life is the highest life. So the law it has is also the highest law. Praise the Lord. The law of the spirit of life is just the spontaneous function of this divine life. Well, Ed, this is quite a realization that this ultimate and overwhelming problem of our eternal destiny, even the forgiveness of our sins, is quite easy for our righteous God to take care of because of Christ's marvelous redemption. But the small things, like our temper and our jealousy, all the little bugs, as Witness Lee says, they require a different and somewhat more elusive kind of salvation, don't they? Yes, they do, Chris. And this brings us to this verse in Romans 5.10, which tells us that on the one hand we were reconciled to God through the death of his Son. But much more, we need to be saved in his life. On the one hand, we have been saved eternally, through being reconciled to God. On the other hand, we need a daily salvation in the life of Christ. And Romans 8 shows us how we can have this daily salvation. First of all, Romans 8, 6 tells us, 
When we set our mind on the Spirit, the mind set on the Spirit is life and peace. Well, when we set our mind on the Spirit, we're saved in His life. But practically, how can we do that? I would just like to mention uh, one practice that we as Christians can practice to exercise our spirit to touch the Lord so that we can be saved in His life. Uh, Romans 10, 12, and 13 tells us that the Lord is rich to all those who call upon Him. And then it goes on to say, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. This is not just for our initial salvation, but for our daily salvation. We need to call day by day, even moment by moment, Oh, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, I love you. Lord Jesus, I need you. We have a hymn in our hymnal that says, Oh, Jesus, Jesus, dearest Lord, forgive me if I say, for very love thy sacred name a thousand times a day. Whenever we call on the Lord's name and invoke his name, we're saved. First Corinthians 12.3 says, No man can say, Lord Jesus, except in the Holy Spirit. Psalm 116, verse 13, tells us that we can take the cup of salvation by calling on the name of the Lord. Isaiah 12, 3-5 are marvelous verses. These verses tell us that we can draw water from the wells of salvation by saying, Praise the Lord! and by calling on his name. I would just encourage you, if you're listening right now, one thing that we need to practice day by day is to say, praise the Lord, and to call on the Lord's name in prayer even, by saying, Lord Jesus, I love you. Lord Jesus, I need you. When we call on the Lord's name like this, and when we praise him, we can draw water from the wells of salvation, and we can be saved day by day in his life. There's really a person behind that name, isn't there? Yes, and Chris, this is a good point you made. When we call, we get the person of that name. That's very critical. When we call on the Lord because he's real, he's present, he's living, we enjoy his person by calling on his name. Let's go back to Witness Lee. Let's read chapter 6, verses 22 and 23. These are two good verses, but in a way... They are very hidden. To be freed is the first thing. Having been freed from sin, we come to the second point. That is sanctification. To be sanctified and the end eternal life. You read these two verses, you can see sanctification, practically speaking, cannot stay away from the matter of life. Sanctification is a matter of life. The very sanctification revealed in these few chapters of Romans is not something outward, positional, but something inward, dispositional. Then what is to be sanctified? To be sanctified is to be saved from being common, from being worldly. We all were born common. We all were born worldly. We need to be sanctified from being common, from being worldly. 
Well, we may illustrate this matter of the dispositional subjective inward sanctification in this way. Suppose I'm going to buy a pair of shoes. I have to set my mind upon the spirit. Oh, Lord Jesus. Oh, Lord Jesus. Would you wear this pair of shoes? Would you wear? Would you use this pair of shoes? What is the inward anointing? What kind of shoes you have to get? I cannot tell you, but there's one that tells you all the time. The abiding anointing within you. But the matter is not just a pair of shoes being not common, being not worldly, but your whole being in the matter of buying shoes is not worldly. It's not common. Your being is not common. Your disposition is not common. You see the point? It is not just merely an outward behavior. It is thoroughly a matter of the inward being. You will be sanctified in this way, and this sanctification in this way will bring more life to you. The inward sanctification is a matter of life. It is fully a matter by life and for life. This is why here it says, your fruit unto sanctification, and the end is eternal life. Sanctification is not only a matter by life, bringing life also. It is a matter for life. It is not just a matter brought in by life, but also a matter brings in life to you. Ed, this is a wonderful hidden treasure to discover in these verses in Romans 6, and I'm speaking of verses 22 and 23, that they reveal sanctification in a much more experiential way than our usual understanding of this spiritual term. Commonly, we think of sanctification as an outward separation from worldly or sinful environments. But would you describe what Witness Lee is speaking of here with the term dispositional sanctification? Yes, Chris. What we need to see as believers is that there are two aspects of sanctification. One is positional sanctification. Now, we were sanctified positionally through the redeeming blood of Christ. That means when we receive the Lord as our Savior and our life, He separated us unto God from everything unholy through His precious blood. But the Lord wants to go on not just to sanctify us positionally and outwardly, but dispositionally and inwardly. And the way he does this is by dispensing his holy life and holy nature into our being to make us holy as he is. And, you know, Ephesians 1 tells us that before the foundation of the world, God chose us to be holy and without blemish before him in love. Now, the way he makes us holy is by sanctifying us, by saturating us with his holy nature. I would just like to encourage our listeners, this little phrase, in love, in Ephesians 1, 4, is very critical. He chose us to be holy in love. This means that we are made holy by God in a condition and atmosphere of love. 
So I would just like to encourage us again and again, and I never get tired of saying this, that we need to continually practice saying, Lord Jesus, I love you. We should be people who are telling the Lord that we love him throughout the day. When we say, Lord Jesus, I love you, he adds his holy nature to us to sanctify us. Also, I would like to mention another practical thing for our exercise, and that's in Ephesians 5.26. Ephesians 5.26 says that the Lord sanctifies the church, cleansing her by the washing of the water in the word. How can we be sanctified? How can we enjoy this life-giving water, which is the Lord's life and nature cleansing us metabolically? We need to be those who are in the word every day. Don't go one day without opening the Holy Word and reading it with prayer, by prayer, and in prayer. When we get into the Word daily, we're sanctified. God's holy nature is added to us, and we become more holy, just as our, our wonderful Lord Jesus is. So in this program, we have mentioned some practical things that we can practice to be saved in His life and to be sanctified dispositionally. Number one... We need to be those who call on the Lord's name continually, who, who invoke his name, who say, Oh, Lord Jesus. Number two, we need to tell the Lord we love him throughout the day. We need to be people who say, Lord Jesus, I love you, from the time we rise until the time we go to bed. And number three, we need to be people who are abiding in God's word in a daily way. In this way, we can be saved in his life, and we can be sanctified dispositionally, to fulfill God's eternal purpose, that we would eventually become the holy city, the new Jerusalem. Ed, I really uh, appreciate today how the fellowship unfolded from both Witness Lee's portion and our fellowship together about how justification is really of and unto life. Marvelous, marvelous connection in the Word of God. We will be back tomorrow with another outstanding life study of Romans with Witness Lee. I'm Chris Wilde. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. If you have any questions or would like to find other Christians in your area who also enjoy this ministry, feel free to call us toll-free at 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 1-888-543-3788. Or you can email us, radio at lsm.org. Thanks for listening today.